All right, let's turn to the book of Hebrews in chapter number 12. And last week we began talking about the conclusion of the justified. And in that we were talking about just Jesus being the example. Again, the author of Hebrews is writing this letter to um, try to encourage these Hebrew Christians not to turn back to Judaism and he's trying to explain to them how Jesus is better and he is just as we at the conclusion of Hebrews 10 he said the just shall live by faith and then uh, in Hebrews 11 he said this is how the just live by faith and he gave an example of many people who were just and how they live by faith and then he's kind of sealing the deal by looking at he says looking unto Jesus So basically what he's saying is if looking at all of the patriarchs was not enough to convince you to continue to follow Jesus in his church, look at the example of Jesus. And so it says, Hebrews 12, 1, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God, set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And so we're going to continue kind of concluding that thought. And last week we looked at how that the witnesses encouraged them and how that the author is said to lay aside the weight which so easily besets them. He talked about withstanding and withstanding being promoted. And then the next point that we kind of started looking at last week and we kind of briefly mentioned was for them to watch Jesus. And so as we get to verse number two, Looking unto Jesus. And so when we think about that, when we think about the encouragement for them is to watch Jesus and think about how he endured. Hey, Moby, go on my desk and there's a big, thick book. Bring that to me. It's commentary on the Old and New Testament. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So, so the last example is going to be Jesus. And so if you're looking unto Jesus, and if you're looking unto Jesus, that means that you're going to look away from something else. And so if you're looking unto Jesus, you're looking away from anything that would distract. And so when he says, lay aside every weight and look unto Jesus, he's making Jesus your focal point, making Jesus your goal. Keep your eyes solidly on Jesus and look away from other things that would cause you or would distract you. Now, we get here and we see um, at the end of verse number two, he's talking about uh, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The author of Hebrews is using Psalm 110, and this is the fifth time that he's quoted Psalm 110 in the book of Hebrews. And so Psalm 110, and it's just Psalm 110 
and verse number one says, Sit there on my the Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies my footstool. And so what that's talking about is this period of time between when Jesus came the first time and Jesus comes the second time. In between that time, he's sitting at the right hand of God and he's sitting there waiting until the enemies of God be made his footstool. And so on this this book I've purchased, this commentary on the New and the Old Testament, uh, New, New Testament use of the Old Testament, it, it has this quotation um, speaking about Hebrews 12.2. And it says this, The occurrence of at 12.2 challenges the hearers to focus on Jesus, who thought little of the shame of the cross and enduring, sat down at the right hand of God. The movement, the movement of Christ from heaven to earth, to death and resurrection, to exaltation has been called the way of the Son, and it is used variously by Hebrews. Here the culmination in his exaltation provides strong encouragement for those who are suffering under persecution by demonstrating the outcome of Christ's perseverance. And so what's the saying? He, what he's saying here is as you look unto Jesus and you see his perseverance, you see he left the splendors of heaven and he came to earth and was made in the likeness of sinful flesh and he endured the mocking and the, then he endured the shame and then he endured the cross and then he ascended unto his father and he sits at the right hand of God. If Jesus would endure all of that, Use that as your example and your encouragement as you face the persecution and the difficulties of life that you face. And that's a good lesson for us too, right? Because as we go through life, we're going to face difficulties. And we might have a tendency to say, oh, woe is me. And Kimberly and I, or in our, in our daily Bible reading meeting that we had today, Kimberly was talking about the children of Israel and how they murmured so much in the book of Exodus. And, and as we're walking through life, you know, we, we may sometimes begin to murmur as we think about life and, and all of that. And, and if we begin to be weighted down by the cares and concerns of this life, well, just remember Jesus. Remember what he endured. And remember how he despised the shame. And how even though he was hated and reproached, uh, was reproached, he was still willing to faithfully walk after God. So Jesus is our encouragement. Again, if, if all of the patriarchs and their living by faith was not enough to give you an example of how to walk by faith and to encourage you to walk by faith, look to Jesus. He will be the encouragement that you need that you can walk by faith also. So it's looking to Jesus, the author of our faith. So what do you think? What's that mean that he is the author of our faith? Well, first of all, the author of our faith would mean that he was the one who is the example of walking by faith for us. If we ever wonder what it means to walk by faith, just look at the life of Jesus. He did always those things that pleased the Father. He had compassion for the sick and for the lost. 
He healed the brokenhearted. He loved his own. He preserved into the end. And we can look at all other kinds of ways that Jesus did what the Father wanted him to do. But, but if you need an example of what it means to walk by faith, just look at the life of Jesus. And he was the perfect example for us. So he was the originator of faith. He was the best example. He's the standard. If you need to know, look to him. But second of all, what means that he is the creator of our faith. In other words, we recognize we don't have any faith of our own. We don't have faith in ourselves to conjure up, to fan a little spark that would, to, you know, to get a fire going. We don't, we don't have that faith in us. We don't possess the ability to walk by faith. Faith. For by faith, for by grace are you saved through faith and not, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Faith is the gift of God. So he's the creator of the faith in us. Walking by faith has nothing to do with our own ability. Do I have the strength to persevere through life? No. But does Christ in me Give me the ability to walk by faith. Yes. You see, again, when you think, well, I don't think I have enough faith to do that. You're exactly right. You don't. But Christ has the faith, and he has given you the faith. And when you walk in his faith, you have the faith that you need to face anything. And so he is the author of our faith. He gives us that faith. And then we submit to that faith and we have the faith that is necessary to persevere unto the end. So he's the author of faith in us. So when you begin to think, well, I can't walk through this, just remember that Jesus has and he gives you the faith that is necessary to be able to do that. So he's the author of our faith and he's the finisher of our faith. So I'm going to look to him because he's going to give me faith. But then he's going to finish it. And what do I think about when I think about finishing? Well, that word finisher there actually means the one who perfects. The one who perfects. And perfection has been a common theme throughout the book of Hebrews. But to me, when I think about finisher, I think about polisher. Or someone who would add uh, finish to a piece of furniture. You know, you take an all, old dull piece of furniture that's, that's wood and you, and you begin to sand it down and then you begin to apply the stain and then you apply the polyurethane and then uh, something that was, was dull and uh, dingy, all of a sudden it, it gets that shine and, and, it's, and it's beautiful and so that's finishing uh, that piece of wood. Well, when you think about the faith, uh, and Jesus is the finisher of our faith. He perfects that faith in us. He shines it up. He makes it what is necessary. And he makes it something that is pleasing to him. So, so he begins our faith. He, he authors our faith. But he completes and finishes our faith for us. So, so we stand in him complete. And so when it comes to enduring and, and walking by faith, Jesus does it all for us. And so that's why we look to him. Because he's the source of everything that we need. 
And when we begin to fail is when we turn our eyes away from him. And so the author of Hebrews is is trying to encourage these Hebrews to focus on Christ so that he can begin their work of faith and he can complete the work of faith in them. So you look unto Jesus, not only is the author and the finisher of our faith, but, but he is the one who endured. Verse 3 says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. It tells us, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the joy that was set before him. Up there in verse number 2. Who for the joy... That was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the enduring that he endured, that's not a right, good way to say it, but his, his enduring to him was a joy. It was a joy for him to take upon himself the shame. It was a joy for him Because he was one with the Father. And because he was one with the Father, he became the servant of man. Instead of the crown of glory, he took a crown of thorns. Instead of the throne in glory, he took a cross. And that was the joy that was set before him. And why would he do that? Matthew 11, 26 says, Even so, for it seemed good in thy sight. The reason that he endured all of that shame was because it was good in the Father's sight. And he was doing those things that was always pleasing to the Father. And so he enjoyed, endured them and he endured them with joy. There's the example for you. When you begin to be drugged down by the circumstances of life and the difficulties of life. And you begin to think about sadness and sorrow and Remember, Jesus endured all of this with joy. And we can have that joy also if we look to him. Really, maybe, we might say that sadness and sorrow is because we're not looking at Jesus. And the more we would look at Jesus, the more we might see the joy that he experienced. And his joy was not based upon positive circumstances. You see, so many times in our lives, we, in order to have joy, we think that we have to have positive circumstances. That how can I be joyful in difficult circumstances? But you see it throughout the scriptures. Paul sitting in prison and he's praising God. Joseph in prison is faithful to God. Uh, you, just, you see it that their joy was not based upon their circumstances. Their joy was in that they were following God. And if we look unto Jesus, we will not allow our circumstances to steal our joy, but we will walk with joy even though we may be enduring difficulty. And he endured the cross, Jesus did. So, so remember, the author of Hebrews is trying to get these Hebrew Christians to learn from the walk of others. And they're going to endure. They're going to endure difficulties. They're going to endure difficulties because they choose to follow Jesus. Remember, for a Jew to choose to follow Jesus 
generally meant the loss of your inheritance, could mean the loss of your job, probably meant um, you were alienated from your family. It was not going to be a blessing for you to choose to follow Jesus. And so they were going to face persecution. And what he's saying is, listen, I know you're going to have to face some persecution. There are going to be some difficulty that come your way. If you choose to continue to follow Jesus, just remember that Jesus endured the cross. He endured before they endured. And for him, the cross was a literal cross. It was more than just a physical cross. He endured the burden of the cross. Our sins began to weigh upon him. And and he was so burdened with our sins that it became great sweats of drop blood for him. So he endured physically and he endured spiritually. So just remember, when you begin to experience some difficulties, remember what Jesus endured before you. That's the message that the author of Hebrews is delivering to these Hebrew Christians. And that's a message that we need to realize too. And let's remember that the call to follow Jesus is the call to take upon yourself cross yourself a cross daily, to deny yourself and take up your cross daily. That's what's required of one who is following him. You're going to bear your cross. He despised the shame. We should despise the shame. The shame that was involved was not a factor in his choosing to submit to the plan of God. And so any difficulty that we might face, even if it means that shame comes our way, that should not be a hindrance to us enduring because Jesus endured, we should endure. So we should look unto Jesus because he is the one who endured. But look unto Jesus because endurance leads to completion. You see, what is the completion? Jesus is sitting down at the right hand of God. God had a plan for him. He was to come to earth and he was to experience Uh, all that he experienced and to suffer the cross and he was to go to the grave and then he was to be raised again and he was spend a, a few days here with his disciples after he was raised again from the dead and then he was to ascend to the Father and sit at the Father's right hand. And Jesus completed that task. He ascended to the Father. He completed the, the work that God had given him to do to be um, the propitiation for our sins and he takes the place that the Father has prepared for him. Endurance leads to completion. And so when the people of God endure unto completion, here's what we know. We're going to go to receive the place that he has prepared for us. Jesus, Stephen, when he was being stoned, he looked into heaven and what did he see? He, see the, he saw the Son of Man sitting at the Father's right hand, right? He was at the place that the Father had prepared for him. And Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And when we endure, that I may receive, that I may, that I may, uh, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am there you may be also. 
And so we know that when we endure in this life, that the place that Jesus has gone to prepare for us, we're going to go and we're going to receive and we're going to enjoy that place the Father has prepared for us. And so that's the encouragement. Look unto Jesus because when you look unto Jesus, you'll see the one who was completed and he sat down at the right hand of God. And if he was completed and is set down at the right hand of God, then we know that he's going to prepare a place for us and we're going to endure and we're going to enjoy that place that he has created for us. There is a place created that we're going to go and enjoy. So endure because you're going to receive that place. You see, Jesus is now sitting on the right hand of the Father. And that is, that is taught to us in the book of Luke in chapter number 19. That there's a time when the Son would come and then the Son would go to receive the authority to have the kingdom. And then he would come back and receive the kingdom unto himself. I'm just going to read one verse Luke 19, 11, and as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was not Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should appear immediately. And he goes on to tell them the parable. I'll read another verse. And a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And so that's laying the precedent for where, what Jesus is doing now. Jesus has gone into a far kingdom or to a far country to receive the kingdom for himself. He's went to his father. He's sitting at the father's right hand to get the authority to rule the kingdom. And at the right time, he will come back and claim that kingdom for himself. That's what Jesus is doing at the father's right hand. Now, he's waiting until the time that it is for him to come and receive his kingdom. So he's even enduring now. You see, he was offered that kingdom while he walked on the earth. Go back to Luke 4. I'm not going to turn there. But remember in Luke 4 when he was tempted by Satan and Satan said, Hey, look at all of this. I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. All of this can be yours if you'll just bow down and worship me. Satan was tempting him to take the kingdom before it was his time. Jesus chose not to take the kingdom because it was not his time. And he's sitting at the Father's right hand until the time for him to come and receive his kingdom, which that will be at his second coming. But it was patience enduring, waiting for the time appointed. It's not allowing the circumstances to override the timing. Jesus didn't jump ahead of the father's plan. He waited on the father. He waited on the father's plan. He was waiting to endure. He was waiting to endure until the time appointed. And so if we need uh, encouragement to endure on this earth, even though we would like for Jesus to come today, right? We're tired of fooling around with this earth. How much worse can it get? We're tired of all of this sinful stuff that's going on in this world. Just come Lord Jesus. But we need to patiently endure and we need to wait until the time appointed of the Father. And just like 
Jesus waited and he didn't try to gain the kingdom before it was time. He waited until the appointed time. We do the same. We don't try to jump ahead of the timing of God and try to establish the kingdom before it is our time. We just wait and Jesus is the example for us. He's enduring and he waited and he didn't try to jump ahead of the plan of God. He just waited and that's what we do. And here's the thing that we want to understand is that when God brings his judgment upon this earth, it will not be in irrational anger. It will be just according to his plan, like he said it was going to happen. And, and, and he will bring judgment and he will end the sinfulness in this world and he will usher in his kingdom. It will be holy and righteous judgment when God does that because it will happen to his plan. Now, finally, he encourages them not to grow weary. So we've looked at all kinds of W's, right? Um, and so the last one is not to be weary in verse number 3. Hebrews 12.3. Let me get back to Hebrews 12.3. And lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied in your mind. When called upon to endure, it can grow wearisome. These Hebrew Christians are facing uncertain, uncertain circumstances. They don't, they don't know what they will experience. If they choose to continue to follow Jesus, they know it will probably be difficult. What will be the end result if they forsake their heritage as a Jew? And when difficulties are coming, it may be difficult to endure. You may get tired you know, swimming upstream. You may get tired living counter-culturally. You may get tired looking at what's going on in the world so different than everyone else. This world has gone crazy. There's no one that has, very few people that have uh, rational thoughts, that have a a, a common view of, I mean, if we just take gender, for example, how far has that gone and how crazy have people become? And, and it's foolish for, I mean, we, we think male and female as God created them and all of a sudden we're the, we're the wicked ones because we believe that a male is a male and a female is a female. And, and if we take that stance, you know, it's, it's, it's hard sometimes. And you might be weary. And sometimes it's easier just to give in than it is to fight. And if the mind is becoming faint and weary, just remember Jesus, who suffered the contradiction of sinners against himself. There's an old writer who, his name's Williams, and he Write, he wrote the New Testament in, 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 in different language, in different, easier to understand English. And he says, yes, to keep from growing weary and faint-hearted, just think of the example set by him who endured so great opposition aimed at him by sinful men. And so if you're growing weary as you fight against the culture and you're taking a stand for what you know is right, 
and you have a biblical worldview and you want to live your life according to the scripture and it's going to be increasingly difficult to do so, just remember the example of Jesus. He endured great opposition. It was aimed at him. I'm studying for uh, Sunday morning's message, and, they, and they're talking about Jesus and how they, they, they stripped him of his clothes and they put the royal robe on him, and, and it says they mocked him. <laughs> You're the king of the Jews? He endured great opposition by sinful men, and he endured it. And if you need encouragement, just remember what Jesus did. Remember, even in the beginning, his own family wouldn't follow him. He was rejected by his people. He was forsaken by his friends and followers. Just remember that. And remember this also. Verse 4 says, you have not resisted unto blood. Again, the author of Hebrews writing to the Hebrew Christians, they had not yet been called upon to make the sacrifice of their life yet. So he says, remember the sacrifices that you're called to make are not as great as the sacrifice that Jesus was called to make. And listen, there are many around the world today who are becoming martyrs for the cause of Christ. But not everyone has been called to be a martyr for Christ. And so when you're thinking it's so difficult for you to endure, just remember you've not been called upon to make that sacrifice. All that you've been called upon to do right now is to live for him. You've not been called upon to die for him. You've been called to live for him. So, so persevere. The author of Hebrews is not downplaying the situation in which these Hebrews find themselves. The persecutions they face are real and they are difficult. What he is saying is that Jesus had the power to overcome his own difficulties so he will give you the power to overcome your difficulty. Endure because the endurance is discipline. You see, and have you forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as the children? My son, despise not the chastening or the discipline of the, the Lord. And so remember that the, uh, the endurance that you're having to make is the way that God is disciplining you. He's strengthening you. He's making you stronger in your walk. Maybe he was going to bring chastening, which that'll be what we get to talk about next week. But remember, if you are enduring chastening, remember that the endurance of chastening would draw you nearer to Christ. So the author of Hebrews is writing to these Hebrew Christians, trying to get them to, listen, if the other examples weren't great enough for you, look unto Jesus. And just, that they looked, just as they looked unto Jesus to increase their faith, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, it will increase our faith also as we endure in these last days. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we have to be together and learn from your word. I pray that you'll bless your people. In the name of Jesus, we pray.